In this episode, we talk about Altered Carbon, some new movies on the horizon, the difficulty with casting a female James Bond, the Cloverfield Paradox, and coffee problems. Then we review Coco and Batman Gotham by Gaslight. All this and more on The Geek Generation. everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio this week by Paulo. I'm a clumsy asshole. <laughs> and Matt West. It's a lovely coffee bouquet. Matt, you are very far from the mic. It's a lovely coffee bouquet. There you go. See, you gotta be on the mic. <laughs> I will be on the mic. All right. Uh, so, Paul, do you, do you want to explain why that was your opening line? <laughs> so, I went <laughs> to... Dunkin' Donuts to get a coffee because I thought, hey, I might want to be caffeinated for this podcast and I brought it into the studio and I set it down on the table and then I was talking to Matt and I turned my ass around and it hit the coffee and it knocked it off the table onto the carpet and a bunch of camera equipment and I like shit my pants. <laughs> like, oh my god! Fortunately, everything is okay. Yeah, it's just now there's just a giant jizz stain from the coffee monster on the carpet and we scrubbed it a bunch and fortunately he didn't literally shit his pants it only smells like coffee in here yeah Yeah. so yeah that's why i'm a clumsy asshole i just spilled a whole bunch of coffee (laughs) and i feel terrible it could be much worse it could be much worse yeah it could have been much worse could have been yeah we made it we made it reddit we did it we did it we did it we did i don't know memes guys you know this i don't know memes we did it successfully uh, just a reminder to all of our listeners and viewers that all of our podcasts are recorded and streamed live at twitch.tv slash the geek generation. We can watch and chat with other viewers during the show and you can submit your questions if you'd like. But we don't want to waste any more time with any of that stuff. So let's jump right into all the things that we want to talk about, starting off with our geek outs and freak outs. And of course, first, our geek outs. Yay! Paulo, what are you geeking out over this week? Uh, my first one is the Netflix show Altered Carbon. Yes. Um, so this dropped, I think, last week or the week before. That sounds right. Yeah, about um, two weeks ago. Yeah, like I think with the Super Bowl. Um, and it's a pretty damn good show. I enjoyed um, it. Yeah, it stars Joel Kinnaman uh, from RoboCop and a bunch of other things. <laughs> That's like the worst thing <laughs> to like cite Joel Kinnaman from. Is it though? I enjoyed the RoboCop reboot. I thought as far as reboots go, RoboCop actually did a fairly was, decent job. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think he was in another thing called like The Killing or something. Yeah, yeah. Some AB, AMC show. But yeah, so he, he stars in the show. Um, the, the contact, the show doesn't do a really good job setting itself up in the beginning, but then it does get a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those slow burns into an explosion of, goodness that happens later on in the series but i mean the premise be- behind the show without giving away too many spoilers is that mankind has found a way to digitize its the con the human consciousness and now people just live a lot longer mm-hmm. um effectively uh it's immortality as long as you're careful of the thing that maintains your consciousness which would the- it which is what they call a stack um and bodies are just called sleeves uh, which is a, is a is an apt name for the human body at this point because they just kind of like mm-hmm. slip in and out of bodies. I mean, 
you learn that there are consequences to doing that. You learn that there are ways to get around the consequences. And then it becomes this whole thing about, um, you know, like rich versus poor class warfare, all this stuff. It's, it, it, it packs a lot into the show. Mm -hmm. And I think the first, I would say like three or four episodes does not do a great job at like generating the interest that you, uh, are you know the generating the content behind the interest that is driving you to watch the show mm-hmm. because it starts off as just like a murder mystery it's like who like a who done it but with this whole other background yeah and then eventually they get to like like establishing that and laying it out in a way that is digestible and then in, at one point it just kind of really takes off and becomes a completely not a different show but it comes a becomes a way better show so um it's like 10 episodes. Uh, yeah. Yep. I've talked to a couple of people um, who have also watched the show and it's really hard to watch more than one episode at a time because it is kind of like a, a heavy content. It's very dense. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're forced to kind of like cope with a lot per episode, especially in the beginning because you're dealing with a very low um, amount of a, like a, not a lot of knowledge for a lot of content that is in the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, it's on Netflix now. Um, I would definitely check it out cause, uh, it'll definitely fit into the category of like ghost in the shell or like, uh, what's another like human consciousness, like, or technology. There were a lot of, uh, aesthetic comparisons to Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner too. Um, so I would definitely check that out if you're into like sci-fi or that type of sci-fi. I think it asks a lot of interesting questions. I wish that it delved more into those. Like there's a lot of things that happen plot wise as a result of the mechanisms that they've set up in the Mm -hmm. world and the kind of um, rules that they've set up for the sci-fi world. They're able to do a lot of cool things, but they don't. They ask a lot of questions about the interesting things without delving as deep as I would have liked them to. Yeah. Um. Definitely, My, they sorry. definitely kind of set themselves up to like have a second season because mm. I mean they basically laid the framework but didn't really fill it in a yep. lot and yep. so I mean a lot of times you kind of make assumptions about uh like like the universe itself for example this isn't spoiling anything no we won't get into spoilers don't this, worry yeah this isn't spoiling anything but um everybody in this world can somehow understand each other regardless of the language that they speak. Mm. This is something that you pick up very slowly, but it, at some point you're like, wait, that guy's speaking like that guy sounds like he's speaking Israeli or something. And another guy is or another woman is speaking Spanish like that, but they they appear to understand each other, which also defeated the whole point of having people speak different languages. Yeah. And so like, it kind of, it it's it, it's a moot point, but also you wonder how that's happening, right? Because there's obviously a mechanism <coughs> behind it, and so um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, it's I'm not I don't think I'm going to watch it again <laughs> just because it's like a lot to get into, mm-hmm. you know. So and it's I think I got everything pretty much from the first sort of go around. So yeah, no, I agree. I thought it was really good. Um, I I absolutely recommend it. I'm super glad I watched it. I really really enjoyed it. My biggest issue with the series as a whole was the motivations of the antagonist. I didn't mm-hmm. fully buy it. Which are the the main antagonist? Okay. That, yeah, 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 yeah. I I felt that there was it was more like a mental health issue than it was like mm. a real motivation. Yeah, uh, and I think 
I like part of it I read into is like the problem with like living that long, you know, mm. they kind of go into it in the beginning, like how, you know, like you can get like sleeve sick or whatever, mm-hmm. or like, you know, you can suffer a mental breakdown. And so it kind of like, I, that's what I attributed it to, you know, like maybe this is just a problem with, it, you know, the, the technology that maybe they did not explore mm-hmm. or something i don't know it's i mean to... it's it's there's enough content there to where it does kind of deserve a full dissection yeah that's not what we're here to do today mm-hmm. for spoiler reasons um yeah. but it's really hard to talk around the show without it like, is spoiling it, it is so. it's i mean there's a little something for everybody though if you're a sci-fi person they have all the trappings of sci-fi mm-hmm. um even some of the tropes but they also break some of the tropes uh the action is phenomenal mm-hmm. it is really good um i Character wise, again, not spoiler at all. I just really like Poe. Mm-hmm. I thought Poe. So, and this is again not a spoiler. Uh, there's a character that's like an AI, and I thought have the whole concept of an AI hotel was mm-hmm. really interesting, but a tremendous lack, uh, like waste of real estate if the whole <laughs> thing is set to be for like one person. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a really interesting concept, but uh, I I really liked the uh, the Ravens, yeah. kind of uh, curator. Whatever you would yeah. call the main person, I Poe, their AI. He it's was like he was a wonderful character, the hotel manager, basically. Yeah. yeah, I liked I liked his character a lot too. I thought it was a sort of break from a lot of the other heavy, sort of somber or just mm-hmm. like gristled. I don't even know how to describe a lot of the like personalities in the yeah. show, but it's just very much like a. It's much lighter, but in a serious way. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, definitely. I would check it out. Um, yeah, he wasn't even like comic relief. He yeah, was just lighter. It, it was just it just felt like a different flavor mm-hmm. of this world. Um, what did you think of the nudity though? Because there's some talk about how this nudity is maybe a little too much. Um, some people have kind of excused hmm. it away. I think honestly, in a world like we're we're thrown into a world where sleeves are just that, mm-hmm. like they. We're not meant to see flesh as something more than the scientific sleeve, yeah. like the, the the encasing of a person. Yeah. So to have like rampant nudity feels appropriate because it's not supposed to be like any big deal. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, there were some there were some elements of the nudity that I thought were perfectly applicable to the to the the world that they've built, mm-hmm. right? And then there's other ones that were just kind of like, ah, well, those those are kind of two titties that I did not need to see. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I'm not complaining, you know, but it's just like it's like it's kind of weird. Like it felt shoehorned into certain parts, but in other parts, it felt perfectly in place. Right. Like there are other parts where if it wasn't, it would be it'd be like, how how are you going to justify that? Right. Like, again, no spoilers. But there's a major fight scene mm-hmm. um, that they could not have done any other way, yeah. and it was the most badass thing I've ever seen. Yeah, the is that the one in the towards the end? Yes, yes, yeah. That was, I mean, that 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 perfectly excusable. Like there was a reason why that nudity needed to exist. Mm-hmm. But like in other parts of it, it's just like random, just frontal nudity. It just kind of felt shoehorned in, mm-hmm. like it didn't need to be there. Or like in other parts where there are just the characters expressing some form of bravado or you know like self-confidence like they're just naked like yeah yeah like i didn't i don't know Uh, i just i remember reading about it after i saw the show saying that people were like well this is kind of like unnecessary nudity but i mean you know game of thrones had a ton of unnecessary nudity seasons one and two 
And, and then they know, dialed it back a little bit. And then they dialed it back once everybody was kind of into the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a formula that has worked before. So it's an attention not? grab. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I'm looking forward to I hope they have a season two. I agree. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it. But um, one thing that does concern me is that they this show is built so that they can have different leading characters. Mm-hmm. So Joel Kinnaman could very well not be in the next season. True. Even though I'm used to seeing his face at this point. Even though it could be the same character. Yeah, it could be like the same character, just yeah. in a different sleeve, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, that's kind of cool. And they trained us a little bit for that yeah, in like, this season. Yeah, so check yeah. it out. If you and, and even if they don't get a second season for whatever reason, um, I think the ratings were somewhat middling. Mm-hmm. If, uh, I read things correctly. Yeah. It's fine. Like, this could be it, and it feels like a long movie that was great. Yeah. Definitely. It so, closed out really like, well. there's no major cliffhanger where you're like, oh, no, please don't cancel. Yeah. Like, it, it's enough if mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. But if it keeps going, fantastic. Yep. Um. So that's my first one. My second geek out is, is SNL funny again? Question mark. Question mark. Honestly, I haven't watched SNL in a yeah. long time. Um, I mean, I, I, I usually don't watch it. Like, it's not appointment TV for me. Mm-hmm. Like, even like recordable on DVR because they put everything on YouTube at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's so, how I watch most stuff now from SNL. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's perfectly acceptable that way because it tends to take out all of the not so great skits and put in all the ones that are great. Um, uh, just for example, like a case in point is Net- the Natalie Portman episode from last week. Mm-hmm. Um. She's probably on her promotional tour for Annihilation, which is coming out Guaranteed. soon. And so um, she went back on SNL and that was like kind of a natural fit because she's done it before. Uh, she did like the part two of the Natalie Portman rap, mm-hmm. which was hilarious. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if Andy Samberg needed to be there because <laughs> he makes an appearance like yeah. at the, halfway through the video. But like, I mean, it's a pretty good like I enjoyed that. And the fact that they've like kind of. They've introduced like the co-head writing position, I think. I don't know if this has happened before. I'm not like an SNL scholar, but I know now that there are two co-head writers for mm-hmm. like the writing room at SNL and that's, uh, Colin Jost and Michael mm-hmm. Shea, the two guys who do, uh, weekend update. Yep. And, um, I was kind of like, I kind of went down a YouTube rabbit hole of hearing them talk on interviews. Um, I don't know, in the last like maybe six months to a year or so. And, um, there was this one clip that they, that's on YouTube of them on, uh, late night with Seth Myers, where they talk about like rejected, um, like SNL skits mm, that they've written. That's always interesting. Yeah. And some of them are great. Mm-hmm. Like there was like the one that really like kind of, uh, piqued my interest. Like, uh, one that Michael Shea put out there was like, uh, the first black guy to boo Jackie Robinson. <laughs> Cause like, so Jackie Robinson is like the first black baseball player. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and like, the, like what, who, like, how would you build a skit around that? And that's yeah. like, that's a phenomenal idea. Like, you know, for a skit. And I think, you know, if you could build around that in a way that wasn't impacted by, you know, the, the limitations of SNL being on network TV, mm-hmm. I think that'd be an awesome skit. And I think, you know, like just generally the joke writing on, especially on weekend update, is pretty good yeah. i think they have a lot of like uh like short jokes that have good punchlines but they also kind of flesh out they have like sort of 
Uh, you know, they have members of the cast come on and do like their little like impersonations of people or mm-hmm. like, you know, like Pete Davidson coming on and just talking about like his mental illness and like, you know, like talking about being from Staten Island. Like, you know, like a lot of these things are very promising to me, mm. you know, because they represent a sort of like, I mean, I'm laughing at SNL like that hasn't happened, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I leave the question mark on there. Is SNL getting funny again? Right. Question mark? I think so. So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep watching SNL just kind of, you know, in that sort of uh, not appointment TV, Mm -hmm. but, you know, in that clip format on YouTube. And then, you know, hopefully things get better. Cool. And that's it for me. All right, Matt West. So it seems like the excitement for the summer blockbusters has started in like January, February this year. For, For me, at least. It's true. I know it usually seems like late March, early April. No, I mean, we're looking at, all right, you've seen Black Panther. I have not seen it yet. But, I mean, within the last week, you could see new teasers or trailers for Black Panther, for Avengers Infinity War, which Mm -hmm. is looks off the charts. If you're a Star Wars fan for Solo, which I don't know if that's going to – I'm looking forward to seeing it, and that's only two months away. You've seen the Tom Hardy Venom teaser. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's rumors out that – that Spider-Man's going to be, and he should rightfully so be part of that. I think it's not even rumors. I think they said. That Tom Holland is in it. Tom Holland is and going to be in a cameo. I love Tom ha- uh, Tom Holland. I think yeah. he's terrific. He's one of the best, brightest things. And yet, this. Venom is not necessarily in the MCU. They're, right. They're, and, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is just a character they're borrowing back and right. forth. Right. And it looks like, it looks like Venom's going to be more like a horror movie, mm-hmm. which I love this idea of, of genre bending these superhero movies. Uh, I think it's been highly successful. It's been something that um, Feige has really kind of pushed on a lot of these, you know, these themes and these, these, you know, where one like um, Winter Soldier is a spy movie, um, and I think, and you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a rock, uh, a space opera, and Man's you know, a Ice movie, yeah, and and it's yep. been awesome, and I'm I'm really I'm excited to see some different dynamics with that, um, and they just keep we keep getting these new trailers for movies, and it's like wow, we're gonna be. We're going to be not even hitting the summer and looking through the end of the year of these. So it really just feels like we're getting a lot of positive uh, new movies coming out. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm psyched. I mean, there's three huge movies in the next two and a half, three months between, as I said, Black Panther, Avengers, Solo, which I personally am excited for. We'll see what happens. I I like Ron Howard movies, so we'll see how he handles that. Uh, but There are some things that seem like they should be summer blockbusters that are creeping up further like ready player one comes out next month right right and then like you'll hear about it then you won't hear about it Mm -hmm. and that should be huge that movie especially with spielberg handling it the way he is so excited for that you know you've seen the footage of it it looks awesome so um yeah so that's that's i i love we were talking before we went on there about how we love movies and going to the theater and it's such a great Mm -hmm. experience and to have like just i mean superhero movies and and space movie and just all this great content coming out. It's it's awesome. It's a great time to I know Kevin Smith always talks about it. it's a great time in our lives where all these things are on, on the big screen and we have all these opportunities to see things that we never thought we'd see before when we were kids envisioning and now we're seeing them as big so yeah, it's 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 exciting. When I you know, years ago you'd think that Star Wars was done after the first trilogy and then the prequel trilogy and you thought there'd be no more possibly now we're getting you know another trilogy mm-hmm. and and standalones and so yeah it, it's awesome I'm I'm really I love that there are a lot of big prospects in the theater 
coming up. So that's always exciting. Absolutely. You know, when you're looking at your calendar and you're like, oh, it's two more weeks of this and another week till this one comes out. And that's always fun. Um, so that was, that was my first geek out. And the other one is I just really been thinking about, even though there's no n- real news about it. Um, I'm a big Doctor Who fan mm-hmm. and I, the prospect of a new showrunner with Jodie Whittaker as the new doctor. Yeah. Some people are, 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 have been turned off by the idea of, I've seen people who are longtime fans of Doctor Who saying this is where they're ending their relationship with the show. Not just for I think that's stupid. Jodie Whittaker in Broadchurch was brilliant. She was really, really good. And I just think it's a twist that we haven't seen yet. They gave us hints of where it could go with the master becoming Missy, mm-hmm. but that was little bits. The doctor, this is going to, this is the first time where somebody's really going to be able to do something completely different. Um, and I think, I think she will. I think she's going to be, um, a really, I think, I think she's going to be terrific. And I think that once it gets rolling and gets its legs under it, I think people are going to start to buzz about it, mm-hmm. but it's going to take a little time because you are going to have people who are alienated by the idea of, which is stupid. You're, you've established that this is somebody who can regenerate. Yeah. But you know, I just, even the little, we got that little clip of where she sees herself in the, and realizes that she's regenerated into a woman and she says, brilliant. Yeah. Just, yeah. just that little bit. And then pulling her away from the TARDIS. So we know that it's not going to be right off the bat at, uh, you know, a time chasing through space story is it's going to be more grounded. Um, and some of the, some of the great Tom Baker stories and, um, some of the stuff that they did even before him with, you know, the first doctors were based on earth as part of unit and stuff. So I think it'll be really cool to sort of, rather than just lean on, well, we can go wherever in space and time we want to write a story to actually write some, some stories that, Force them to well, you have new showrunners, so I'm sure they have tons of creative ideas and they've got great scripts to work with. But let's really flesh out who this doctor is, what her you know, they all have all these doctors have had their foibles, they they have their own little quirks. What are her quirks gonna be? Who is she? Let the people who watch the audience get to know her and embrace her, mm-hmm. and then you can get her, you know. I'm sure finding the TARDIS is gonna be sort of the theme maybe of the first season, uh the first series. She finally gets the TARDIS. Then we can take it off Earth or wherever they are. Right. But I, I'm, I'm. The more I think about it, I'm just the more I'm psyched about Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's completely foolish to, to say that the Doctor can't be a woman when they've established it already. Like that, Time Lords can gender shift. Like if they can do everything else, why not gender shift? Like their bodies are, or they're not human. We can't. Like, put them in those same constraints, obviously. They can change everything else, so why not gender? Well, it's like, you know, when, when MCU announced an Ant-Man movie, people were like, I didn't know I wanted an Ant-Man movie. Right, right. And it's, you know, yeah. it's, I didn't know I wanted a female doctor, but, you know, prove to me that I want one. And, and I, I'm, I'm pretty positive that I think with new blood running the show and a lot of creative scripts that I'm sure are going to come through, the only thing that's the downside is we got to wait. Mm. And there's, as always, we got to wait a while to see it, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Um, it's funny that <laughs> it's also funny that you had this in as a geek out because, uh, transitioning into my first geek out, it is about somebody speaking out against gender swapping a character role. So, uh, that the Doctor Who one makes sense for the character. So it's totally okay to do that. I think a lot of people, there's some backlash these days with, uh, with the, as much as people are adding, uh, diversity to, um, different universes and characters and stuff, there is a little bit of backlash 
uh, and it, it does feel like it's a world where being a white male makes you the enemy right away. Like all of a sudden, oh, that's not good enough anymore. Like we want to do everything except for that. And that's okay. I have no problem with diversity whatsoever. Um, except for when it goes against the character itself. Like Doctor Who makes a hundred percent sense. Do it up. Uh, Rachel Weiss in a recent interview with the Telegraph, she spoke out against the idea of gender swapping the character of James Bond because there have been, uh, rumors and there's been some talk for a while about when Daniel Craig leaves the role, maybe they should have a female James Bond. Um, this is a problem, I think, because it goes against the core of the character. Mm -hmm. And she went to say that the intention of author Ian Fleming was to create a character who, quote, who is particularly male and relates in a particular way to women. That is a big part of the character of James Bond. If James Bond is a character or is a female, that core element goes away. And it's no longer James Bond anymore. It's a spy movie with a female lead. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily James Bond. Uh, she added that switching the gender for the sake of switching it loses a vital aspect of Bond's character relating to how he perceives what masculinity is and the way he treats women as a result. She continued on to say, quote, why not create your own story rather than jumping onto the shoulders and being compared to all those other male predecessors? Women are really fascinating and interesting and should get their own stories. And to that, I say fucking preach. Like, why are we taking pre-existing characters and shifting them to anything else when what we should be doing is making new characters with new interesting stories that are culturally relevant to those characters instead of taking all these like preconceived rules and uh, character traits from one person and trying to shift them and then it just doesn't end up working as well when you can build a character completely around a culture instead of converting one and get ending up with this like sloppy result. Yeah. I think that's like the, the, the line there is a very thin line to walk. Mm -hmm. It so is like, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I'm definitely for diversity for creating new stories catered or built around characters mm -hmm. that, that promote diversity, mm -hmm. but it's just like the idea of putting something out there in the universe saying female James Bond, and then arguing against that, mm -hmm. especially in the current climate, is a very difficult argument to make mm -hmm. and to kind of like, you know, to to defend. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it inevitably what ends up happening is that people will like they'll approach the argument being like not from a creative standpoint, but mm -hmm. from a sort of ideological standpoint. And that's right. where it kind of gets lost. Sure. So, I mean, it, yeah, I can see it being like, oh, that sucks. Like, why not make a female James Bond? But I also see the value in creating a female spy movie. Yes. That is not James Bond. Which is what we want. Yeah. We want something like Atomic Blonde was cool. Yeah, I would rather have something that is new because, I mean, that's just from like a a person who consumes media. I would rather have a new story, mm -hmm. not necessarily something that is ground up and then regurgitated in a forceful way and there's also going to be zero pushback if you make a new thing yeah yeah like no one's going to get mad that like you're ruining my thing why not just make a new thing yeah 
But with that being said, I mean, if somebody can somehow finagle their way into making a female James Bond work, Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly fine with that. But, I mean, that is a tall mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. And it is a difficult position to defend because it's like, you know, this is a character with like, what, 50, 60 years of history? Yeah. Written novels, like 30 some odd movies. Like, at this point, you're just like, you're literally trying to shit uphill mm-hmm. like it is impossible that you are not going to get dirty somewhere along the way right so and that was a that was a uh analogy I, bet. That I just thought of right now i'm so. <laughs> trying to shit uphill. uphill yeah i bet they could get away with it not necessarily by making a female james bond mm-hmm. but by making one of the other double o's like make them a lead of do like Spit it off in in the world in the james bond world yeah mm-hmm. Starring one of the female double O's, yeah. that's just not double O seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is that crazy to no, ask for? No, <laughs> like, I just mean, like there's one number to avoid. Pick yeah, from right. any of the others, and you can still run with the popularity of the James Bond franchise yeah. if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And have it be a female led spy movie. Like, build a universe, don't just regurgitated character. Yeah, I'd actually love to see some of the other 00 stories. Like I love Bond and everything. Yeah. But well, originally there was there was a lot of clamor that maybe Idris Elba would take over yes. as Bond. Yep. And I don't have a problem at all with a black Bond. No and I think I. he would be so suave. I think he would be an awesome follow-up to Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. But think about what happened and just by chance I'm wearing the shirt. It's going to be an all women's Ghostbusters. And what happened? It didn't matter how good the movie was or wasn't. People were already hating it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was forcing it. Not we're gonna have a new Ghostbusters team. And there's gonna be a couple women. On. We're gonna do an all women's Ghostbusters. And on the flip side, you're not allowed to criticize it socially. Right, yeah. right. So even I though just it think was about a shitty, it, shitty movie. Again, you know, you're, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball on that already. But I think, I think the spinoff idea. There are a ton of you know there, and I'm sure in Ian Fleming's writings, you could even find who that agent is. So it's Ian Fleming's whatever the name of it is, and mm-hmm. it's in the world of James Bond. Yes. And it's even based in that you don't have to come up with a new character. I'm sure there's somebody who in those books even exists mm-hmm. that you could write and then have somebody who's a good writer put together a story and maybe you tie it in by having whoever that new Bond is or pop in. They're not in there, mm-hmm. but it's a cameo. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did that with Bourne, like the Bourne universe. Yep. Where every time Bourne comes back, he's facing like – a different classification of agent you know like there was just there was the i forget what the name of his program was but then they had like different they had other cia or like covert ops programs that generated these perfect soldiers or perfect agents like you could do something like that where like there's bond there's a double o program and then there's like some mi6 derivative you know Mm -hmm. or like some other cool sort of agency that works within the realm of like the secret the secret society or secret service in london or whatever you know like kingsman kind of does that you know like sure the golden circle they kind of explored like what it would be like in america you know like you can there's you just have to you just have to find a different avenue with which you can experience success and then you can explore paul are you suggesting that hollywood be creative i know it's a difficult one (laughs) You know, they have so much fucking money (laughs) and just like generations of people going after the same idea. Like, uh, it's so much easier to reboot. Let's just reboot. It's okay. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like people, like people, especially like 
people who are not maybe as sophisticated at consuming media as we are, not to humble brag or anything. <laughs> I mean, we are pretty sophisticated at consuming. Yeah, <laughs> at absolutely. consuming. Yeah, but you know, like you know, people want something that's familiar. So sure. it's like it's difficult to innovate in a space where, uh, you know, a good percentage of your consumer base is just looking for something that will that is familiar and comforting mm-hmm. a la the transformers shit show yeah so yeah you know but i mean i give rachel weiss credit for um for saying that yeah I that's mean, a difficult position to like come from too like it especially is. as a woman mm-hmm. saying like there should not be See, a i think it's easier woman. as a woman i think if a guy says that the guy's automatically sexist no but then like with a guy that's almost expected with a woman it's like wait so you're betraying your gender like you know like yeah and yeah and yet that's not at all what she's doing yeah. she's not betraying her gender she's like let's let's empower our gender to, yeah. to come up with our own friggin' characters and do something different yeah they just need to find the right i mean they just need to find a way to get it made that's it yeah which is terribly difficult but i hope it happens but uh i mean things are breaking in that yeah. method too like wonder woman's success mm-hmm. and black panther's success is a big deal black panther's so lit i haven't seen it yet wakanda uh, forever wakanda oh, I've forever seen i've seen it i want to see it so bad <laughs> we'll go right after this yeah <laughs> all right fuck my family no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um i i uh have talked in the past about my difficulties with comcast mm-hmm. um many times and i had switched to verizon a long time ago so as much as I gave Comcast a hard time for being a horrible service, I'm going to give Verizon uh, some praise Ooh. for doing particularly well. Wow. So not only is my Comcast service uh, stable and awesome almost always. You mean Verizon always, service? My, my Fios. Yeah, Why said, did I say? You said Comcast. My Comcast did service. I? And I'm tired all the time. <laughs> um, my Verizon service has been stable and wonderful and everything. Uh, recently, you know how they have any cable company offers those like temporary deals where like it's yeah. this many for this many months and then it goes up here and then it goes up there. Well, it got to the point where my bill went up like $15, uh, for January. And mind you, I get internet only and I was paying like $90 a month, um, because mm-hmm. all those deals had gone away. So I, I went online and I looked at other prices of stuff and I noticed that the service I was paying for was like $75 mm-hmm. a month instead of, 90 and i was like why am i paying 90 if it's 75 without a service so i went to the verizon like chat right on the, i didn't have to call anybody i went right in the service chat on uh on it and they were like hey uh how are you and i was like hey um my most recent bill increased by 15 dollars uh i noticed that it's 75 for the service on the site and they were like you're right let's fix that for you wow done 10 minutes that's incredible 10 minutes and i save like about $20 on my bill. They ended up lowering it to like 70 a month. Cause you try to pull that shit with Comcast and they're just like, no, well, you don't Until you qualify. threaten to like cancel. Yeah, like, yeah. They like tell you like on the phone or wherever you're like, however you're conversing with them. They're like, oh, well, you don't qualify for this deal because you yep. had cable service. Yep. Your previous contract and we don't offer that anymore. We want to switch everybody to like the triple play mm-hmm. or X1 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like all this bullshit. And then like you finally are just like, fuck you. I'm getting Verizon. And they're like, let me see what I can do about that. Yep. And then they finally cave and it's stressful to do it like even every year because you're just like and it takes hours yeah and like throughout the year you'll like if you watch your bill Mm -hmm. you'll see it sort of incrementally increase in ways that you can't really decipher Mm -hmm. like there are hidden costs that are going into like i mean not maybe just not your equipment rental but like with like the i don't know the different packages like there are just like 
like transactional fees. Yep. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, and you can't look that up anywhere. It's literally probably just buried in a binder somewhere at, in Comcast headquarters. So you never know what that is. And so, I mean, it's refreshing to hear that you had a good experience. Mm. So I I had a Comcast call in the last two weeks at work. uh, One of the residents, residences that I manage, um, the both of them have Comcast. So a woman calls from the Comcast office and that particular bill is under the, it's actually under the the location it's at blank street apartments. Mm -hmm. That's what it's under. It's not a, it's a residential, but instead of street apartments, it's ST period APT. Mm. So she calls and says, hi, can I speak to Mr. St. Apt? And I said, <laughs> um, there is no Mr. St. Apt. Oh, no, the bill is under so-and-so, the name of the road, St. Apt. And I said, no, the, the, if you look at the address, it's this street and it's under blank street. We argued for 20 minutes because wow. there was something she needed to talk to me about about the bill, but insisted she had to speak to Mr. St. Apt. And then <laughs> – Next door, the, the, so there's two residences side by side. We've let them know this. Originally it was open in, under the name of one of, the, usually you'll open an account under one of the residents who lives there. This resident has since passed. Mm. And so she said, well, can I speak to Mrs. Ms. So and so? And I said, Ms. So and so passed a few years ago and you were informed of that. Well, I need to speak with her. <laughs> or Mr. St. Apt. I'm like, one, there's, and this literally was like a wow. Monty Python. There's no Mr. St. Apt. Miss so-and-so has passed away. Well, I'll have to call my supervisor. And she hung up on me. Wow. And to, so, yeah, I actually have to get, like, staff accountants involved because they're literally arguing that there are people, they want to speak to deceased people and people who don't exist. <laughs> I people that want, are roads. I almost wanted to say, yes, I'm Mr. St. Hello, I'm Mr. St. Apt. What can I do for you? You right? should definitely have like a personality. Be for, like, saucy. Like everyone that calls. I'll go get him. <laughs> like, oh, one second. And then you just put down the phone. and Do then, the like, rattling. And do like the, like you're walking away. And then like. Foley heart in the middle of your. <laughs> and then you like, you sit down and you're like, hello, this is Mr. St. Apt. <laughs> oh, may I be a Mrs. What can I do for you? I did notice that you fucked me on my recent cable bill. <laughs> and your internet service sucks. What is this $5 transaction fee? I do not understand. <laughs> to which portfolio does this go to? <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's bonkers. But I do have to, I have to give Verizon credit for uh, making it so easy. Literally 10 minutes in friggin' text chat. And the agent fixed everything That's kind of amazing. Me. Yeah. That's terrific yeah yeah it's bonkers like my company has text chat on our website Mm -hmm. like uh, and like it's it's meant to like you know as a sales Mm -hmm. like element like it's meant to like reach out to people who visit the website because right clearly like nobody ends up on our company website by accident Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you have to go there with the express (sighs) intent of looking for something yeah so that's why the window pops up and like we have like messed around with the girl who runs that what runs the chat because we know like i've seen her like in the office and we're like hey do you think we're gonna get out early today (laughs) it's friday and it's pretty slow i was wondering if you know maybe and like she's always just like um let me see if I can help you with like providing you with some tax information. And she's not supposed to like say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, funny. like, I mean, that's kind of amazing that stick the, to the script that the, the Verizon chat actually works. It does, yeah, it, it really does. That's I mean, awesome. they they had they had updated the bill. They verified my cell phone number. They were like, okay, we're gonna send you a link uh, just to verify that you're you and everything. After I had already done like other verifications of name and password and uh-huh. all that stuff, 
they were like, click the link, make sure that it all works. And yep, okay. And how's your internet with Verizon? Do you, do you I have uh, I have fifty fifty internet. Okay. So I have fifty megabyte download, fifty megabyte upload. Even though for some it's for some weird reason, like anybody you talk to, your upload limit is always a little like when you actually test it, mm-hmm. your upload speed is always a little slower than your download. Okay. For whatever reason, I live on some freak planet where my upload is actually like sixty. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. Like I was because I've been fucking around with my internet at home and like. My upload is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like potato internet. But my download <laughs> is insane. Yeah. Like I I on multiple devices like I've checked it and it's just it makes no sense to me like how I'm able to do anything with that upload speed. But I mean I don't know. I mean for for streaming, it's kinda clutch because I can stream sixty frames per second at seven hundred twenty p. Yeah. That must be so, amazing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe I should get Verizon. It's good stuff. Maybe I should get Verizon. You hear that, Comcast? Maybe I should be getting Verizon. <laughs> Offer or, me a deal. Or $50 off my bill. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the last geek out that I have is the wonderful uh, cable trailer that came out for Deadpool 2, as well as the movie's description, which I don't know if anybody has actually read on the internet, the description of the movie. I know that they have like a working title for it, or they don't have a working title for it, or something. Like, oh, for Deadpool too. Yeah, like instead, they, like they call it something else. And oh, I don't know. Oh, I haven't heard that at all. Um, but the cable trailer was wonderful, where Deadpool's like messing around with action figures and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes it a but trailer. the um <laughs> the official description for Deadpool two is this: After surviving a near fatal bovine attack, a disfigured cafeteria <laughs> chef struggles to fulfill his dream of becoming Mayberry's hottest bartender (laughs) while also learning to cope with his lost sense of taste. Searching to regain his spice for life, as well as a flux capacitor, (laughs) Wade must battle ninjas, the Yakuza, and a pack of sexually aggressive canines as he journeys around the world to discover the importance of family, friendship, and flavor. Finding a new taste for adventure and earning the coveted coffee mug title of World's Best Lover. (laughs) <laughs> that is the description for Deadpool 2. Like that clearly is, is nonsense. That but. is a movie description that clearly does not give a fuck. No. No, like, they're like, you're gonna watch this. Like this <laughs> like they know who's gonna watch this movie and they know exactly why they're gonna watch the movie. Yeah. So they just like threw something out there like, eh, who cares? Like their marketing the fans, department yeah. continues to be above and beyond. Yeah. They said to the fans, you're getting cable. That's yeah. all they had to say. Yeah. You're getting cable. <laughs> We're there. You're gonna see it. We'll write whatever we want. That's all you need. <laughs> like cable, violence, like superhero stuff. Like you're gonna watch this. Like there's not like still a R rated. Yeah. Still R rated. Still R rated. I like that one part in the international trailer where he's like grabbing Colossus's butt. Oh, I didn't watch the international trailer. Yet. There's a there's a there's a there's a uh, frame from the international trailer where he's like hugging Colossus and like grabbing his metal butt, which is hilarious. <laughs> Because it's just like a giant ass, right? A giant metal ass, and he's just like his hands look so small, and it's just it was the funniest thing. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, well, not everything can be good, guys, and that's why we also have to talk about our freakouts. Oh, freakout! Paulo, now, Paul, are you sure this is something you want to talk about? Yes. Are you sure? I'm absolutely sure because okay. I have ex- like I'm I have no connection to the demographic that thinks this guy is somehow. I don't either. Valuable. I'm surprised he's even on your radar. Like I I've heard the two like 
bad news stories about uh-huh. him. Aside from that, I have no awareness of so, this person. Yeah, so my freak out is about Logan Paul. Like, why is Logan Paul still a fucking thing? Like, I, I understand that the demographic from, like, what? Like, age 8 to 18 is probably pretty powerful when it comes to, like, internet stuff. Internet stuff it sounds so fucking old. <laughs> but you know what I mean? He says like, on a live internet show. <laughs> but, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, why is he still a thing? Like, he made, like, a career-ending error when he put up that video from mm-hmm. the Suicide Forest in Japan. Which and should then, have been a career-ending video. Yeah, and, like, he gets... And, and for some reason, Google is so forgiving. Like, more forgiving than they have the right to be mm-hmm. at this point, because they're just like, oh, well, maybe we'll just take some of the ad content down. And then they took all of the ad content down, and now he's not, like, a preferred, like, whatever tier. Um, He's not a... Per- like, he's not a content creator with a high level of like i don't know whatever they do on youtube that gives him that sort of access or um, availability and then like he goes out and he makes a like please forgive me video where he's like oh let me that was awful it was so bad it just it uh, i saw the transcript of it and it's just it's deplorable yeah like he's like I'm so popular. <laughs> That's basically the message of it. Like, it's basically like his agent telling him, like, you need to make this video because otherwise, like, you know, the, your your popularity will continue to, you know, in a downward turn that you will not survive from. And he's like, all right, fine. Fuck it. I don't care. Whatever. I'm like a like 21 or 22 year old dipshit. And so he goes and makes this like awful video about suicide awareness. Like, I mean, suicide awareness is a good thing. And I think, you know, it should be promoted in the proper way, but not by a guy who literally just made fun of like suicide. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if he's seeking forgiveness, like he should not be associated with that, with that subject matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, and then, and so like he makes his video and then he comes, he goes on like good morning America. And then like, Michael Strahan asked him, like, straight up, like, how does this affect your bottom line? And he's like, not a lot. You know, like, there's literally, he's making enough money to sustain his current lifestyle Mm -hmm. without YouTube or whatever. And so, like, and then he goes, and then literally, like, two weeks later, he makes another shitty video where he's tasing a dead squirrel or something, or a dead rat. Something like that. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, are you just... Did you have a lobotomy at some point in your <laughs> life where you just do not you're a sociopath like I, you know, like the the excuse that oh, I want like we need to make edgy content we need to make edgy content like my viewers want edgy content like no like grow the fuck up or go and seek help like you are clearly doing this for kicks or mm-hmm. I don't know like uh, and the fact that the that his viewership and that and that corporate sponsors are willing to give him so much slack and forgive him over and over again and continue to allow him to occupy this space is just like sickening. Mm. Like why like people fuck up less and have been just buried, like erased from existence. Yeah. And this guy is still somehow because he has muscles and he's young and he's attractive and he makes content for the internet. He's somehow still forgiven repeatedly. Like if my kids were in that age bracket where they thought Logan Paul was, you know, like their hero, like I would take away their internet permanently. Yeah. Like I would, I would remove internet from their life and be like, you do not deserve internet because you are supporting a guy who is a total shitbag. Like he does not deserve, he should be working in a cubicle somewhere, mm-hmm. like not having any access 
to young Americans or young people worldwide. He is like, not a person that should have a voice. Yeah. His voice is toxic. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck out of here. Right. Like, why are you still a thing? Like you said, that being toxic like that, there are definite repercussions for kids, for anybody watching like sociopathic pathic behavior, um, being on TV, on internet. And becoming comfortable with it and becoming taught and supporting it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm saying that this cause, but the culture that we have now where that sort of stuff is becoming acceptable, it, it, it leads to a lot of, and I don't want to get because it's a hot topic, but a lot of the violence we see is because people are okay with things that they see that are not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we've become numb to this stuff. And I think a lot of the stuff that we're seeing in modern society is tied to that availability of this unhealthy stuff that people are oh yeah we'll watch it this is great this is fun this guy's a celebrity but it's it's really it's it's unhealthy and i think toxic is a great word for it like these this like i just don't understand how he still has a career like that's the big thing like people are literally grinding it out day in and day out to build like content that is constructive that is positive (laughs) he raises his hand in the corner (laughs) and like this guy just keeps getting breaks like, I do not understand that whatsoever. Like, I was raised, the way I was raised was that you had to be accountable for your actions mm-hmm. and that you had to work hard to get to the place that you want yes. to be. Not that you are catering to an audience to somehow climb a lad, like an invisible ladder that somehow leads to you being popular because you are literally sucking the dick of corporate America. Like, like it just does not make any sense to me. And it just enrages me that this guy keeps getting opportunities over and over and that people like him get opportunities mm-hmm. over and over when it really should not exist. Like, like this, I, and I, I, for me as a parent, like part of it is maybe, you know, teaching my kids a way in a way that does not reward this behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you look at this guy and you think douchebag, you don't think like, this guy is a role model or this mm-hmm. guy is something that I want to be. I want to be a YouTuber like Logan Paul. No, you look at this guy and he's like, oh, that's a fucking douchebag. Like, I'm going to unsubscribe and never support his shit again mm. because and like and oh, it just I don't know. This is worse than like cinnamon flavored Oreos for me. <laughs> like it is just like the worst. Like if I could dig a hole and throw two things into it, it would be shitty flavored Oreos and Logan Paul. And I think that active parenting is active parenting is a big thing. Like, if, I mean, I know your kids are young for that now, but yeah. you know, ten years from now, you catch your son watching something like that. I know you're going to say, "Oh, wait a second, bullshit! Yeah. You're not watching this, and this is why you're not watching it." There's not enough people who are doing that. There are a lot of people who are allowing their kids to watch whatever they want, yeah. and and it's it's not healthy. Like, I just, I, I mean, that's my freak out is that I don't understand why this guy is still a thing. Well, like, given sh- our current uh, societal climate, there's nothing he's done that disqualifies him from being elected president. Right. So. But he should not be given that opportunity. So I did, I, I implore our listening audience and anybody who hears this, like, you just do not support his shit. Like, don't watch Logan Paul videos. Don't post about Logan Paul videos. Like, that's something that, like, I realized, like, I was. I remember posting on social media about like Logan Paul being an asshole, but that's promotion for Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the minute that's they- why I asked you at the beginning, are you sure you want to yeah. talk about this? Well, I mean, this will be like the kind of like the last time. That no, I get it. This, I get you know it. I mean, sometimes you got to vent about things. Like I can't talk about him without mentioning his name. Right. But after this point, like I'm like his name will be kept out of my mouth because, you know, I'm like, I, I can't support this kind of like, content creation especially when it's just 
it's mostly garbage. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's not even like the stuff that people like grind out and like create with. Well, he's not even a true content creator. He said in his defense, I, my, my audience expects or demands edgy content. Yeah. And apparently you're a slave to your audience, which means you're not a true artist and you're not a true content creator. Right. You're simply part of a money making machine. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I implored listening audience, just don't support him, please. Please do not. That's Matt West. So my my freak out ends up being pretty appropriate <laughs> considering <laughs> the calamity that we started the, the, the afternoon with. Um, now, I understand that, you know, uh, Dunkin' Donuts are, are franchises. They're not a chain. Yeah. Um, so with that, you see different levels of quality between different locations. Mm-hmm. But what I don't get is how something like coffee isn't uniformly handled between the different locations. Yeah. And you would think that it is, but it's absolutely not. And the reason why I can say this inequivocally is because I have a, I have a couple near my house that are owned by the same person. One's in a um a gas station, uh which is actually a really nice, when you say it's in a gas station, but this is actually a really nice service center. And then there's a standalone, and they're both owned by the same family. And when I go through there, 99 out of 100 times and yes, I go that much. My coffee is exactly how I want it when I order it. And it's not just how I, you know, they get the, the, the number of, of Splenda and the kind of milk I want correct in there, but the coffee tastes good. Mm-hmm. You get it, the sip, it's not bitter. It's not burnt. It's a good mix. It's not watery. Now, I don't always go to the ones near my house just by, you know, I'll commute. So I drive up 146 to work into Worcester and there are ones in Sutton. And I found a lot of the different ones, you get a coffee. Sometimes it's so bad you can't drink the coffee. It's either watery um, or, like, you can tell it's been sitting, it's burnt. And I just don't get when, as much as, like, the difference between franchises, if it's a chain like a McDonald's or even though they're franchised out, they follow a very strict thing. So Mm -hmm. every McDonald's you go to, your burger should be the same everywhere you go. And when you're spending, I think it's a million dollars for a Dunkin' Donuts franchise – I don't know why people wouldn't follow that same structure. Tried and true, right. proven. Because like when yeah. you go when you go to a Starbucks, and I, I don't go to Starbucks very often, but you get one of their coffees, it's almost oh, no matter which location you go to, it almost always tastes the same if it's made the same. Mm-hmm. I prefer Dunkin' Donuts. Now you know the Howard's. I like my Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but he. Uh, but it's it's not. Equal. You go to some places and you can get a great coffee, and on the same day you go to a different location and it's terrible. And I just mm-hmm. don't get why they don't have standard practices across the board that would you're using the same coffee. That's for sure. That's the corporate piece. It should be using the same brewing techniques, the same way of storing it. And, and I just don't get so it's completely a freak out because the prices are going up. I paid. I was in um on the way back from Maryland last night. So late night, I was just crossing into New York. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and I got a large iced coffee for the ride. And it was better than some of the ones that are in Sutton, where I've had terrible ice. But it was definitely not as good as the ones I get in my neighborhood stores. You should be able to go to any Dunkin' Donuts, no matter where you are. And if you order your coffee the way you want it, it should taste the way you want it if they do it right. So I think that's like a quality thing. It's crazy. Yeah, franchises, I mean, they are independently owned, but there is supposed to be a level of quality per franchise. I don't know. Maybe Dunkin's is just not one of those places that really uh, enforces the quality of 
those independent franchises. Yeah, I I mean, I've had that same experience where, you know, you go to one Duncan one in one place and another Duncan in another place and it's just completely different. Like I know that Dunkin' Donuts above a lot of other I I risk saying this in Dunkin' Donuts country, but like Dunkin' Donuts will vary because they some of them don't use like that timer thing. Like there's a coffee mm. timer in some mm-hmm. of these Dunkin' Donuts locations where they like set a timer to either brew new coffee or throw out the stuff that they made from the previous batch or whatever. And I know like I've seen this happen where they like double brew coffee or they just like pour shitty coffee into, into like, it, yeah. into the new coffee or whatever. And so like it's just it's not consistent for a number of reasons i think and i think it's better at places like starbucks because they have more i think they have a better process Mm. for how they deal with it and so you you will see people at starbucks like throwing out coffee Mm -hmm. and whereas i've never seen anybody at dunkin donuts like throw out like shitty coffee Mm. so I mean, I don't know. Like it's and it's uh, when you said like the milk that I want and the number of sponges that I want. <laughs> I'm just like, what kind of milk are you getting, bro? Well, no, like, I, I, no, I mean, I like skim milk, yeah, but, yeah, but you'll yeah. go and you get like cream. Like the first yeah. sip, you know, they put cream in it because it tastes completely different. With that said, your coffee smelled like it was going to be a good coffee today. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. Like that was a pain in the ass. Like literally, just like the worst thing that you can do. And I did it at somebody else's house. Like. Fuck it, but yeah, like, but shout out to, um, shout out to, uh, caribou coffee. So recently I was in Minnesota for work mm-hmm. and they have caribou coffee up there, which is like way bigger than the other coffee chains, like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Caribou coffee is good. Like in the three locations that I went to, like in the Minneapolis, uh, Eden Prairie area, like mi- that is good fucking coffee. Like you pay about the same amount for, um, Dunkin' Donuts, and it's amazing. Like it's, there's so much more flavor. But I, I know that literally does not apply to anybody here. But <laughs> see, I had people get real defensive with me recently because they were they were praising Mary Lou's mm-hmm. coffee, oh. and I have never had a good coffee from them. I've maybe gone six or seven times, and it was always watery. Yeah, I, and, I've, I've never had good coffee from Mary Lou's. So also, I, I feel like I think I heard that they have like a a hostile work environment issue there oh, geez. which is not a good look, yeah so yeah. try to avoid that all right uh my freak out is um the cloverfield paradox nah. <laughs> uh, not surprising i i okay i was not like the first cloverfield i was like all right that's fine just whatever mm-hmm. um then i saw 10 cloverfield lane which was phenomenal mm-hmm. uh wonderful wonderful movie and also benefited from the hey here's the thing you didn't know we were making and now you can watch it kind of thing like it it started getting advertisements maybe a week or two prior mm-hmm. to it dropping in theaters which was unheard of in our like over advertising yeah. over marketing society uh so i guess they thought it would be a good idea to do it again so we kind of knew there was another cloverfield movie coming uh the rumored title was the god particle which I think was supposed to be the name of the movie before it even became a Cloverfield movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then not only that, it was supposed to release in like April in theaters. And then all of a sudden we found out during the Super Bowl, or you guys found out during the Super Bowl, <laughs> I found out via Twitter. Oh, you watch uh, sports, guys? <laughs> sports ball. I, I saw it on Twitter that Cloverfield Paradox would be released directly after the Super Bowl. So I was like instantly excited because 10 Cloverfield Lane was so friggin' great. 
And I thought they were doing something similar. And I was like, oh, my God, Space Cloverfield. Yes, I'm in. And then it ended up being a shitty horror movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it really it really uh, showed the fact that it was not going. It was not intended to be a Cloverfield movie to the point where the script had been picked up by Bad Robot already. They had started shooting already and then said, oh, wait, this could be a Cloverfield movie. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> do not do that. Like literally the only elements of Cloverfield that were in that movie were the like the parts with the husband, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when he was on Earth and then the last scene. All of the Earth scenes were not a part of the original script. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They were well, all sense. added in. Yeah, for yeah. a Cloverfield tie-in. Yeah, they burned a really good marketing ploy on a shitty movie Mm -hmm. because they were. I mean, this is like everybody's already hyped for this one thing that's happening. And they're like, by the way, we're dropping a new Cloverfield movie and it's going to be available on Netflix. You can watch it after the Super Bowl. Everybody is just like amazing. Yeah, everybody just lost their shit. They're like, yeah. And it's trash. So the next movie that does that is screwed. Yeah. (laughs) So now they can't do that. And I mean, just to kind of circle back to Altered Carbon, I think Altered Carbon suffered from that because. Because I think there's only so much that people can stand w- within one media cycle. Mm-hmm. So if you know if if Cloverfield had not been on the table and Alter Carbon had just been rela- released, you know, during that time, mm-hmm. during the time that it was, I think it would have done a lot better. You know, people would have been much more receptive to it. It's just that they tried to do two things on Netflix with people who only have attention span for one. Yeah. So and like I saw I watched the Cloverfield Paradox and I was like, it was just a straight up bad movie. It was trying to be so many things. Yeah, it was trying to be like Interstellar some parts. It was trying to be like Event Horizon without Mm -hmm. the super scary shit. You know what I mean? And like mm, didn't care about most of the characters. Most of the movie didn't make sense. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the only thing it does is it justifies any other movie they put into the Cloverfield universe. Yeah. That's all it does. Like it can't get much worse than this, guys. Yeah. Let's make it. Well, not only that, but like they actually they actually came up with a rationale for like, oh, these monsters in this kind of universe could exist in any place in any time. Yeah. So they did that. Aside from that, tremendous piece of trash. Yeah. I like I remember like the last scene. You know, where they're like at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, welcome to Jurassic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, fuck. What the fuck, dude? Come yeah. on. Like, yeah, I didn't like it either. I had to watch it in chunks because I just kept falling asleep. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Feels and bad. I'm, I mean, I don't like horror movies anyway, mm-hmm. but it's like barely even a horror movie. It's, either. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like they te- they walk right up to the line of horror movie mm-hmm. and then they're like, no, wait, sci fi. They just did a few weird, freaky, gross things. Yeah. And then. That was supposed to be a horror movie. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, I am weird. Uh, that's pretty much it uh, for that. Uh, before we get into our reviews, if you are a gamer that wants to help support the Geek Generation, we've partnered up with the folks at Humble Bundle. When you shop in the Humble Store or buy the latest bundle, a portion of your purchase comes our way. Just use thegeekgeneration.com slash humble before you buy your games, and we appreciate your support. We have a few things to review. Paulo, you have the first one, which is more coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can't already tell, I am addicted to caffeine. Are you? Yes. Mm. Um, And so my review, it comes with a story. Uh, I like stories. I I like to call it uh, 
hyper super poopopolic poopopolips. <laughs> oh no, Poop apocalypse. Poop apocalypse is what happened. Oh no. So my review is for uh, is not for poop. <laughs> it's for uh, Death Wish Coffee. Thanks. So <laughs> if you're not already aware of what Death Wish Coffee is, Death Wish Coffee is a hyper caffeinated uh, coffee. I don't know what they do to create it. It's just a blend of beans and roasting techniques. But um, so the average cup of coffee contains about 95 milligrams of caffeine. Mm -hmm. According to my very thorough Internet research that I literally just did. (laughs) um, Death Wish coffee has 728 milligrams per 12 ounce cup of coffee. Holy hell. And it varies. I mean, the, from what I've seen about like how they test for caffeine content, mm-hmm. it can vary between batches, roasts, and different um, brewing techniques. Wow. But the average that I've seen is somewhere between 500 and 700 milligrams of coffee. Suffice to say, it has a shitload more caffeine than your average cup of coffee. So, I mean... I as like a as a person in my profession who is also a parent, like I get very little sleep and I'm stressed out all the time. And so what better way to amplify those things than to pour a whole bunch of coffee on it? It helps me get through at least the first part of my day. Um, and so I had always wanted to try Death Wish coffee, but I just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got a, a shout out to uh, my friend. You know who you are. Um, he got me the plug for a uh, just a bag of Death Wish coffee. And um, he just sent it up to me. And I was like, awesome. So I tried it out. Um, it brews just like normal coffee. Uh, there's nothing special about it. It doesn't smell particularly. A it does melt way. the coffee maker from the inside <laughs> out. <laughs> it literally starts to glow from the, the, the presumed radioactivity. Like, I don't You've know. You've created a fusion generator. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you get, like, literally like like anywhere between five to nine times the regular amount of caffeine yeah that's insane you know with just simple brewing and like you know roasting and bean selection like i don't know like if there is uh, it just did not make any sense to me so uh i just made it like in a french press which is just like pouring coffee grounds into Mm -hmm. a jar and then you pour the hot water over it and then you um push the plunger down to filter out all the grains and so uh my first cup uh, was at uh, it was like maybe nine thirty in the morning um, on a weekday. Mm-hmm. So, um, not it doesn't taste any different. Uh, doesn't smell any different. It's uh, it's very robust. So, like if you are into drinking coffee, like that very robust sort of bold flavor that you get from like a dark roast coffee. Mm-hmm. So think of the most coffee flavor that you've had, and I'm just you know, it, it's much more than that. And so. Not too much different with it. Um, I'm told that there's not a whole lot of um, bad acidity content in the coffee. So that's good, I guess. Um, so my first cup was just black. I just wanted to see what it was like and what it tasted mm-hmm. like. That was fine. Um, like literally two hours later, like I was just like sweating and like like my heart was racing. Like I had to get up and it's a like, lot of caffeine. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot. It's like, a lot. And like I use, I drink a lot of coffee normally. Like for me, a like a Trenta or like an extra large coffee from Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks mm-hmm. is just like normal. So I mean, but yeah. So I'm like, I had to get up and walk around to kind of walk off the like 
the racing heart that I had. Good lord. And like it was just like I'm just like fucking I am power walking like the fastest 70 year old in Boca Raton. Like I am just like <laughs> I like around the parking lot and I'm just like, oh my God, what's going on? And like and I eventually got down to a point where it sort of I was I don't know if maybe the physical physical activity helped or it was just like the caffeine was waning. Um but that rush was really kind of like an eye opener. Maybe I should not be drinking more of this coffee than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and then maybe I, I would say about like an hour later, like I kind of felt like the coffee poops coming and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is normal. Like this happens, you know, and like, and like a rocket, I shot up from the toilet seat. <laughs> well, you're not completely oh, off base. No. So like. I, like I didn't like I felt the coffee poops, but I didn't feel like I really had to like run to the toilet. Mm-hmm. But then I did go to the toilet, and then I was like, and then like there was a sound from my stomach that I've never heard before. Like it was just like that's when the alien creatures were birthed yeah. because you were wondering how they got that much caffeine in there. Yeah, yeah, there's little creature eggs. Yeah, yeah, it's just and I. I it was just it was very like it was there was a lot of gas in the beginning so it was very like explosive right so it was very much like like shit hitting a fan yeah it was just like and it's just like you know like a lot and then after that like it was like it was like a soft serve ice cream machine from hell (laughs) and i'm just like what is going on and I tried to remember what I ate the night before, and I it, it wasn't anything too crazy. I think I just had like some like uh, like Vietnamese chicken and some like vegetables and rice. It wasn't anything like crazy, mm-hmm. right? But this stuff was just like plunging shit out that I ate in college. Like it was just like it would not stop. Like I'm usually like when I sit on the toilet, I'm sitting on the toilet for like 15 minutes. Five of which is involved in pooping, and the other ten is just like looking at my phone on the <laughs> reading internet. an article. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was fifteen minutes of just straight Holy. shitting, and I'm like, "What is going on? This feels terrible." <laughs> and like, I, why won't it stop? Like, I, I mean, it. I couldn't. Like, I, I looked it up afterwards. I'm like, "Does caffeine make you shit this bad?" And it's like, not really. And I'm like, "Oh my god, what is going on with this coffee? This is devil mixture," and like. I already, I mean, I only had one cup and the French press had like maybe another cup to mm-hmm. go. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so I, so I poured another cup as like iced coffee. So like I put ice in it, right? To kind of dilute it. And then I was like, maybe if I temper this with some like half and half in sugar, I'll be okay. And so I was like, fine. All right. This, this works. All right. This will work. I'll be fine. And so I'm like drinking this coffee. And I did not get the same like sort of heart racing rush that I did oh, before, good. so it was just fine. Like it, like everything was fine. Like I was more, I know I was noticeably more alert. Um, my jaw was starting to hurt because I was clenching my teeth so hard. Oh my hard. god! And um, like I noticed that I was typing really like fast. Like I was just just hammering away at that keyboard you know there's that gif on the internet gif gif whatever um of that one <laughs> where the guy is just he keeps typing and he's typing so hard mm-hmm. and his hands turn into bloody <laughs> thumbs and yeah, then yeah. just start slamming his hand. that was me for like 30 minutes and then like i noticed that feeling that familiar feeling again in my stomach where like you know so, like a poo was a churning 
you know and i'm like Churning. and i'm like oh my god do i have to shit again there's no way i have to shit again <laughs> there could possibly sh- be anything left i shit so much i haven't even eaten lunch and so like i just i, I ran to the bathroom and then like it was this time it was the same thing from before where you know it was very gassy and explosive but it was just there was a lot of poop like it was not there was like a little bit of gas but most of it was poop i'm like how is this happening there is so much poop coming out of me and like i i was definitely worried so like <laughs> at this point like i was not like uh, i wasn't feeling again. confident about myself like i've had <laughs> terrible like i've had food poisoning like i have eaten things that have cleaned me out like i've been on like a cleanse where like you know like i've eaten like like a vegetable New diet cleanse. where like you know like you're it's supposed to clean out your body nothing has cleaned out my body faster and with more <laughs> intensity than death wish coffee like it was like i could i could barely stand like after the second poop like i was literally just like in the stall like <laughs> I'm like, like trying to like lift myself up and like I felt so weak, and, which is ironic because I just drank a shitload of coffee. This has the reverse effect. There's no fluid left in my body. Yeah. There's no nutrients. There's no nothing. And so like I started looking things up, like how do I remedy this? And they're like, oh, drink water and like hydrate, try to eat something. And I'm like, all right, fine. This is so, a like, thing people sell. Yeah, this is I mean, this is like I. I have read accounts where people actually enjoy this stuff. And there are different levels of intensity that come with Death Wish Coffee. Mm-hmm. They have like a fucking like Viking branded one, which I, I shudder to think about because that was just like, it's literally just like Vikings raping and pillaging your yeah. butthole. <laughs> and it's just like, but like, so afterwards I, I drank like a ton of water because I felt super dehydrated. Yeah. And then like I tried eating like a granola bar because I thought that was the most like, like neutral thing I could consume besides just like Please something be in my stomach like white rice you know what I mean mm-hmm. like and it just like every time I took a bite like it just felt like it was going into like this black hole in my stomach and so like I you know whatever like I swore the stuff off like I was never gonna drink it again and like and then and then like I <laughs> I'm waiting for the follow-up of I had some the other day and then I got home and then I was like, huh, maybe I'll try it again. <laughs> Is this three times in one day? No, no, no. Like, not in the same day. So, like, about a week later, I tried, uh, like, I tried it again. This time I just, I used, like, half the amount of beans that I had used before. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just did a very quick brew. It wasn't, like, I let it sit in there for a long time. I, was, mm-hmm. I think it was, literally like, maybe, like, three minutes. Like, it was not very strong coffee, right? wrong <laughs> the poop train came back and it was just like unrelenting like i like i like i could see it in my mind's eye just like a team of tiny men pushing a plunger down my like like gi tract they french just, pressed your colon and they were just like just shoving all of this shit out of my body and i was like i am never doing this again so i just like threw the bag in the trash and then like i i so <laughs> My my thirty second review of <laughs> Death Wish Coffee is this: If you have, if you drink a lot of coffee, don't necessarily think that that will be your saving grace because you may be able to tolerate the caffeine, but the 
gastrointestinal discomfort that it may cause could swear you off coffee for good because it is literally the most I have pooped in my entire life. (laughs) And I have pooped a lot in my life. So what did you do with the rest of it? I just threw it out. Yeah. Like, I was like, nobody will want this. Like, nobody could possibly want this. Nobody. Give away. Like, in my group, <laughs> my in like, in my circle of friends, I searched for, like, the Venn diagram of people who would overlap with Death, with co- De- with Death Wish Coffee. And I have friends who are very into coffee. Like They're, they're probably of, averse to pooping for yeah. 30 minutes straight. And, like, they heard, like, I told them about it, and they're like, yeah, not for me. I mean, for most people, it's not for them. I think, like, there are, there is an audience for it. And I don't mean to like <laughs> i don't mean to shit on death wish coffee <laughs> but they shit on you but they made me shit a ton yeah. so yeah to each his own i would i mean if you're curious about it if there's a way for you to get like a sample size i mean i guess there's but, nothing you've said about it that sounds appealing yeah so, i mean it's so why it's just average i mean it's like average coffee with a like, ungodly amount of caffeine in it so i mean so for those of you that are constipated <laughs> uh get yourself some death wish coffee yeah if you don't want to like chew up a laxative or something if you're not a fan know? of prune juice yeah maybe just drink like a shot glass of just drink the beans like see what happens i don't know maybe you'll like transcend to a different plane <laughs> of existence in the interest of equal time, my dad got us a bag of it and uh, brewed through the Ninja Coffee Maker coffee bar uh-huh. on the strong brew setting. Uh-huh. It made uh, good tasting coffee, strong, didn't have any of the heart palpitations, definitely didn't have the uh, the other <laughs> thing happen at all. So, so it could have just, you know, it could have been that level yeah. of caffeine, some sensitivity on your part to that or whatever. But if somebody's caffeine yeah. sensitive, I definitely wouldn't try the stuff. That's for sure. There's a review on like Amazon or something of Death Wish Coffee. And from what I can tell, it looks legit, but it could also be very much a troll review. Mm. But there was a review on Amazon where a woman who drank, who drank her normal allotment of coffee, but switched it up into death wish coffee um she literally could not sleep for a week and she was admitted um for like psychiatric care and just like it was insane like there's there are dueling sort of like opinions about whether it's real or not but considering my experience i can definitely see that happening if you drank like a shitload of coffee wow yeah uh let's very quickly move on to matt's yeah <laughs> so Matt's review. One, one of the movies that I wanted to see last year that I didn't end up seeing in 2017 yeah. uh, was the Disney Pixar movie Coco. Mm. That was one of those movies when I first saw the trailer, I, it was five to ten seconds into the trailer and I was sold. And it was just, it was less than I, it, for whatever reason, I didn't see it in the theater when I wanted to see it. So I finally saw it and I've seen it multiple times since then. So if you're not aware of the movie, I'm just going to read a quick plot summary. No, it's spoiler free. But uh, despite his family's baffling generations-old ban on music, Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol, uh, like his idol Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead following a mysterious chain of events. Along the way, he meets the charming trickster Hector, and together they set off on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. Um, what a beautiful movie. Um, it 
now is it, it's my favorite movie 2017 wow um it's just i've heard people call and i, I when i hear things like it's a perfect movie there's no such thing no such thing but the it's pacing it, it's beautifully done the story is very real um i i come from a place of being somebody who that you know music has been a major part of my mm. life so there's that but the family narrative is amazing um i didn't have the understanding of of the day of the dead and they really do a nice job simplifying the tradition in a way that you understand it and you understand why they do what they do in that tradition. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I watched it the first time and in the third act, I absolutely, it wasn't getting the feels. It wasn't a tear dropping. I was sobbing and it, it's, it's not a sad movie, but I was sobbing. And so I got that out. I watched it alone. And so the next day I, I said to my wife, you got to watch this movie. It's awesome. So I'm figuring, all right, I, I've gotten that out of me. So she was watching in a different part of the way my house is set up. I could watch and she was in a different area watching the same movie. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I don't want you to think I'm not paying attention. I'm just out here in the kitchen crying right now. And I'm laughing. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad because you're not seeing me the second time bawling my eyes out again. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's just it's. It's a beautiful movie about family. Uh, they tie music into it. Uh, just the way they explain that whole culture. It's really well done. The music is awesome. I love mariachi. There's a lot of mariachi in the background. And, uh, it's, I, the one thing I don't see is a lot of the Pixar movies are, I wouldn't say they're kids movies, but you can show them to a child and then there's that whole adult layer over it. Mm-hmm. So you get, I, don't know like i wouldn't be able to watch this with my my four and five year old niece and nephew whereas we can totally watch like moana or frozen mm. uh that's not that's not a weakness of the film i just don't feel like this necessarily was a kids pixar film i think there's so much more to it nine or ten year old probably uh the younger kids who often get targeted with cartoons uh, I don't know that they would get this as much. There's some cute characters to it that they might like. Mm-hmm. There's a dog, Dante, who's uh, one of those hairless Dante's Mexican great, dogs, yeah. and he's awesome. But I'll tell you, I was, I thought I would like the movie. I didn't think it was going to be my favorite movie 2017 after seeing it. Um, I, it was just what a great experience. So, um, if you know, it, it's great narrative on family, as I said, the music's awesome. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I had the same response to it that you did. Although, I mean, it's it's up there as far as like 2017's movies. I wouldn't call it my favorite one of the year, but uh, it is a it is a really really strong movie in general. The like you said, the family themes. Um, I'm not as big a person into music as you either, so that's probably why I maybe did not attach to certain things uh, in it as much. But there there's a lot of there's a lot of amazing stuff in there um i i think my biggest issue with it was that i i don't necessarily like movies that explore the land of the dead because it's just like it brings up like the whole mortality question and uh there i can't watch movies without that uh, like like that without the existential questions of like oh there were people like fading away from there like well what's beyond that like my brain Mm -hmm. just goes into all these other things and how can this be a thing and how can this be a thing and it's uh, i just for whatever reason i couldn't suspend disbelief as much and just like enjoy the ride i was i was overanalyzing everything and i know i shouldn't i probably would enjoy it more if i watched it again knowing what it's already Mm -hmm. about um which maybe i will but absolutely a wonderful wonderful movie but i agree too that it's 
it's not something that feels like it was geared towards kids with like a layer for adults. This definitely feels like a Pixar movie that was made with adults more in in mind as the audience, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can see kids enjoying it for various like, hey, that looks funny. And, and there's a lot of funny. I mean, Hector is, is very Hector's fun. He's, he's, you know, when he's dressing up as Frida and he's got the big mono. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was really, but really well made. What a beautiful film. I yeah. was really happy to. And, I'm, and it exceeded expectations. So in a world where. You look forward to a movie for so long, and then we were joking before. Oh, you thought you saw Justice League, you know? Yeah. You know, in a movie where you're so psyched to see something and it, and it doesn't even meet expectations, mm-hmm. to have something just completely blow away your expectations is awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So, besides Coco, when was the last time you guys cried in a movie? Oh, all the time. Really? All the time. Yeah. I, I like- don't sob. I mean, I've had like there have been movies where I I get the feels, like you feel like it, or uh-huh. I'll have a, I'll drop a tear. Yeah. But like this was like. You're you're feeling it in your chest, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, when was it's the last been a time long. You, like, I can't remember the last time I cried like that during a movie. So it sounds like for Matt, it's Coco, but for Rob, I'm an, I'm an easy mark when it comes to making me cry in a movie. Like, if you hit the right emotional chord with the right music, I'm done. Do you know which movie it was? That the last one that you um, sobbed in? God, because I know exactly what happened to me. Like, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know because it like it happens. It's been a few times this year already. Really? So yeah, oh yeah, I'm easy. I'm wow. easy. So like the last time that I cried, like this is gonna be so fucking weird. So like the last time that I cried, like sobbing. So I was on a plane coming back from California, and <laughs> of course. I was like literally almost by myself. Like I uh, like the la- for five rows, it was empty. Oh wow! Like, it was a dream flight. Like it was nice. a red eye. Um, I was watching Nights at Rodanthe. Which is a Richard Gere movie mm-hmm. <laughs> with James Franco about a guy who goes to like this like uh, bed and breakfast at like a beach somewhere mm-hmm. and like just it's about like fatherhood and like failing as an adult and like all these things. Somehow that mixture combined with like I had not, I was not a parent yet at that time, uh, but like my own relationship with my father and I think it had something to do with the altitude and the fact that I was alone and I could feel free of judgment. Mm. I was just like tears are streaming down my <laughs> face. I'm just like, what is going on, body? Why are you betraying me? I'm, I'm like trying to seal the tears in, but for some reason, like I just kept crying. And there's, there's like this scene in the movie where like uh, Richard Gere and James Franco are like having this t- like touching father-son moment and I just like lost it. Mm. I was like buried in my seat, like <laughs> like fetal position. Like I had lifted all the armrests up in my row because I was all by myself. I'm just like in the fetal position. Like, and it was so weird that it happened on a like cross-country flight at like two in the morning on a plane and yeah it's just so weird but i'm glad to hear that coco was that kind of movie actually my like my wife and my older son have the day off tomorrow so they're Mm -hmm. gonna go and see that i think which would be interesting to see like how they react to it because it'll be like kind of his first movie yeah yeah I actually had two trailers that that got me to full cry really two in the last couple years so my my pre I have a dog now that that's that's fantastic. My previous mm-hmm. dog died kind of tragically and kind of unexpectedly, mm-hmm. um, and so for a long time I was really sensitive on that. One of them was there was a movie about a dog that was in military and the officer he's tied to uh, passed, yeah. and then they sent him. He's just seeing the trailer. I, I remember that because Lauren Graham's in it. A a dog's purpose. 
Yeah, that was yeah, where it's like the, the reincarnation of the dog oh. and the dog and like the dogs die, but they keep being reincarnated and coming back to mm. there. And then he knows the, he knows the trick where he jumps off the back and he catches the ball. Oh, and, oh my god, that just I couldn't even watch the trailer. Oh. I was crying. Oh fuck oh, you, man. Matt West. I just yeah. remember that. Trailer. Yeah, yeah, Shit. yeah. <laughs> uh, my butthole is tight. Goddamn. <laughs> Monster drops football. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like men don't talk about like crying, especially like in movies, you know, because like it's such like a taboo thing. It's like it's somehow oh, I don't give a masculinity. Shit. Like I like yeah. Like I will see a movie, something like a trailer or something, yeah. or, like a movie, and like I will like get genuinely like emotionally upset. But then so, for some reason, like the 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 social training that my body has gone through will suppress those tears <laughs> it's just like i think no. kevin smith's up and making you know, like him putting his videos of watching like episodes of the flash crying well that's ridiculous he's a big baby yeah but <laughs> <laughs> no but like the movies and tv i think affect me emotionally even more so than like real life stuff sometimes like they can hit me they just know how to really play at your emotional strings yeah. they know which buttons to push yeah yeah and I mean, there's obviously different things that affect different people. And like, here's your cry button. <laughs> like, right <Yeah>. there. <laughs> different movies will have different things for people. But, uh, yeah, like I readily, like I'm not, I'm not always like a big, like, like sob, big old sob, like crocodile tears. Yeah. But like, I'll roll a tear at like a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's not that hard to, to get me at that point. Yeah. My physical response is just like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. I just keep saying fuck to myself. <laughs> eventually, like, it, like the, the, the sadness goes away for some reason. Like, I think I'm like, I'll do, I'll do the happy cry too. Yeah. Like the end of Ice Age always gets me. I know it's the fucking end of Ice Age. <laughs> but when, 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 <laughs> when she reconnects with her family and everything and they're saying goodbye to her and I'm uh-huh. like, <laughs> every time, man, every time. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, I have one more <laughs> review. Talk about uh, superheroes, so yeah, we're not those bitches. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, DC's latest animated movie that came out is Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which is based off the one-shot Elseworld story. Um, uh, one of the stories that's actually credited with starting the Elseworld concept was Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, I think it might have been one of the first DC-branded like Elseworld things. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly. Uh, basically, this is a Batman in like the Victorian era, kind of like steampunk Batman, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, they have different interpretations of characters. For instance, they have a version of Catwoman that didn't exist in the comics. She was this version of Catwoman was created for the animated movie as well as Poison Ivy. Uh, you'll see other characters in there like Hugo Strange, Harvey Bullock, James Gordon. Uh, a lot, uh, Leslie Tompkins, um, Batman psychiatrist from the, and friend from the, uh, the series and the cartoon and all that. So, um, Gotham by Gaslight was basically a murder mystery because it is Batman versus Jack the Ripper. Mm. And, uh, it is the, the story and the mystery of stopping Jack the Ripper and figuring out who the hell he is mm. because finding out that identity is the big mystery of the movie. And I have to say, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was a very strong movie. There were a couple parts I thought were a little bit slow. Uh, the one kind of like criticism from an art direction that I would give is, uh, I didn't feel it was necessarily foggy enough for like, a, like it didn't, mm. it, it was a little too clean. Yeah. And I felt like it should have been a little dirtier and a little grittier for that kind of an environment. Like when you think steampunk and you think, 
like that Victorian retro, literally look. foggy London town. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and there is an element of Gotham that is compared to London mm-hmm. because, and I mean, you're already working with something that is a take on Gotham. Yeah. So why is it not just drenched in fog almost yeah. all the time? And then the visuals that that would have created for both Jack the Ripper and Batman, as a result, uh, would have been phenomenal. So the fact that the animation is a little too clean is like my one big criticism. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, really strong movie. Uh, Jim Krieg was the writer on this who also wrote like Flashpoint Paradox. He's done some of the Lego superhero movies. Um, He, uh, who else? Uh, Bruce Greenwood was the voice of Batman. He's done Batman before. He's a very strong voice Mm -hmm. of Batman. I enjoy him uh, quite a bit more even than Jason O'Mara who does him for the Justice League continuity animated movies. Uh, we had Jennifer Carpenter uh, from Dexter yes. as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Although she's never really like Catwoman in this, but you can see the influences of that character in this one, which were done in a very nice way and explained with an, uh, an actual rationale as to like why she'd be proficient with a whip. Like it makes sense within mm-hmm. the story. Oh, that's cool. uh, it's done. It's done quite well there. So uh, those are two of like the bigger, the bigger voices in it. And then you get a lot of the, a lot of the other voice actors that you've seen in other DC animated movies. But overall, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it was it was really good. The one comment I saw um, from some big comic fans online was they didn't like the deviation from the original source material, mm-hmm. which um, I know of it, but I'm not super up on that. You kind of have to for right. movies. Right. So, you know, th- I thought it was great. They, they're, they're com- they didn't like the twist. Um, I'm just going to say the twist because I, I don't want to spoil anything. Right. But as right. to who Jack the Ripper was, mm-hmm. that was their big, uh, the biggest criticism people who I was following along had okay. said, who I'd talked to about it. I thought, I thought overall, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was a different take. I liked the whole steampunk Batman because mm-hmm. he's, you know, all the things that he uses are, you know, either things that he's made or has made for him. So for them just to be dialed back into a steampunk version of him was super cool. Mm. I know why people wouldn't like the identity of Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they set it up properly. Oh, they, exactly. They, they within the universe that they have, absolute sense. Mm-hmm. It absolute completely. Sense. Yep. I also like the uh, the nod to uh, the three orphans. Did you pick up yes. on their names? Yeah, I did. That was yeah, great. Dickie, uh, Jason, Jason, and Tim. I did not watch this yet, so I don't know what. The oh, that's not about. a spoiler. There's just no. three orphans that are named Dickie, Jason, and Tim. The three names of Robins. Oh, okay, yeah. And, so. I, and I like the little back and forth between uh, Bruce and Alfred. Oh, are they yours? Oh no, sorry, they're they're yours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was really good. I would recommend it for sure. Um, and the next one I know coming out is the Suicide Squad: Hell to Pay. I believe it's called. And definitely not one to watch with your kids. No, it's violent. no, this is violent. R. Yes. Yeah. But this is a rated R. This is a rated R animated movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they've they've all been PG thirteen for a while, but then they've started releasing some R rated ones too. Jack the Ripper brutally murders women. Yes, interesting. Yeah, it is, it's, it's really good. Yeah, it gets graphic at times. Oh, in the Steampunk Batman movie. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. I guess I won't watch that with my kids. Yeah. yeah. Don't, no. 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 Do no, not. no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch most of the DC animated <laughs> movies with your kids. Honestly. I watch. I watch some of them with like with my older son. Just oh yeah. Like, Past yeah. the time. But like, I have to explain away a lot. Mm. Like, what is that? Oh, that's just a. That's a blaster. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's not blood. That's uh spit. 
or it's something, bit. you know, like I have to explain away a lot. It's difficult. Yeah. All That's right. Cool. Uh, final thoughts or something you would like to plug as we wrap up this episode, Paulo. Um, I would like to plug Woolite Carpet Cleaner for <laughs> doing such an amazing job on Rob's carpet because I'm a fucking clumsy asshole. I feel terrible. That's my only plug. It's okay. Listen to the Geek Generation or, you know, support Rob. Listen Get, to the thing that you're listening to. Throw, throw money at Rob. <laughs> throw money at Rob. Matt West. Yeah, nothing to plug today. Just keep following, you know, Geek Generation through Discord and tw- uh, Twitch and Twitter and Everywhere Rob puts up social media content. Oh, yeah. Join us on Discord. Like, I haven't been on. Uh, like, like, full <laughs> yeah, Paul, do it. Matt pops in every now <laughs> and know, then. There's original content coming up here. Positive original content being created, you know, instead of other douchebags, you know. Yeah. Follow Geek Generation's awesome stuff. Yeah. Like, like, the Discord channel is amazing. Like, if you are listening now and you don't are not a part of the Discord channel, you should join because <laughs> even though I've been a part of the podcast for a while, like I've been in and out on the Discord channel, but people are so welcoming. They're like, welcome, Paulo. Well, oh you're a known name in this community, yeah. even if you're not like always active in the Discord. Or but whatever. I feel like that w- you would get the same reception even if you were like a new like, Oh, a you new would. Listener. You would. I almost yeah. said new user. <laughs> no, it's a very welcoming community. We have channels for uh, different movies. As movies come out, like we're going to close up the Last Jedi spoiler channels soon so we have channels dedicated to not just general discussion but if like after you see a movie and you're like fuck my friends haven't seen this yet you can pop into discord and we probably have a spoiler channel for it where you can discuss freely with other people because they're all expecting to to see spoilers in there so they can talk about it with you so if that's a thing that you're into uh, you can go to geekgeneration.com slash discord and you will have an invite waiting for you there and it's all free so come on in say hi free we want to see you guys in there uh, for everything else we do, you can head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can watch our live podcasts, cooking, gaming, and more at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can be found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Don't spill coffee. Make it so.